Welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Thursday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris. And whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, listening on Podbean, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like each episode, and leave comments down below. Spotify and Podbean, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. We have X. Facebook, and Instagram. All you got to do is type in Pigskin Frenzy, follow, like the pages there. You'll get episode updates. You'll get uh, news and highlights from across college and NFL football. You'll get uh, trivia questions on your on Instagram stories. Go and answer today's as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. NFL day today, thrilling week two, a lot of upsets that we saw and a lot of stuff that we were, you know, kind of like, wow, you know, didn't see that coming. Chargers, 0-2, uh, and we're not going to be talking about a lot about the Chargers today. I just wanted to bring up the Chargers, and that was a notable a notable loss because they lost to overtime to the Titans. Lions are 1-1. They lost to the Seattle Seahawks, and uh, we're going to talk about a lot of games you know, that we picked from last week and recap the top matchups going on to week Three. So, not only that, a lot of injuries happened, and you know, a lot of heartbreaking season-ending season-ending injuries happened, and uh, it was tough, tough to see. And uh, a lot of fantasy goers are, oh man. But just on a personal level, for these players who were playing the game, uh, tough break for a a lot of these guys, and especially in the running back position as well. So, we're gonna go over. Week two recap, we're going to pre- preview and predict the top matches of week three, as well as go with injury updates to kind of kick off, you know, you know, the episode today. So subscribe to the channel on YouTube, like each episode, leave comments down below, follow on Spotify and Podbean, share around with others and follow on X, Instagram and Facebook for all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Let's kick it off with the injury updates and let's just move, move on out of the way here. So uh, one key update, and by the way, I'll go through the other injury updates, uh, you know, as we go through the show, but we're going to go with, you know, two right now. We'll go with the last one during the games, but uh, Brown's running back, Nick Chubb, is now out for the season after suffering a significant knee injury, possible dislocation, and possible torn ligaments. Uh, it was the same knee that he injured back in Georgia when he was in Georgia in 2015 when he tore his PCL, MCL, and LCL um, in his knees. So big, big blow to this Browns offense who uh, honestly, kind of relied on the run game of Nick Chubb. He was the reason why they won against the Cincinnati Bengals. He was partly the reason why they were doing so well in the first half against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers ended up winning this game on Monday Night Football, but tough break for Nick Chubb because he's had a history of these type of injuries, and it's really, really hard to come back from those injuries. So tough break for Nick Chubb. My thoughts and prayers go out to him. He's out for the season after having surgery, and he uh, is looking to come back stronger than ever. Um, Other news, Joe Burrow retweaked his calf in a loss to the Baltimore Ravens. We're going to get to that in a minute. Uh, spoiler alert there, but he, re, he in, late in the game, he retweaked his calf that he injured in training camp at the start of training camp, actually, uh, you know, getting ready in prep for the season. So, retweaked his calf. His status is unknown and uncertain for the Los Angeles Rams game. This coming up Monday night. We don't know any more information than that, but we will find out certainly closer as Monday night rolls around and as that game with the Los Angeles Rams, a pivotal game against the Los Angeles Rams, roll around. So, those are some key injury updates. I'll go with one more during the recap of week two, and it's a tough break for these guys, especially in the injury market. A lot of people are getting hurt. 
a lot of people, including, you know, the torn Achilles that Aaron Rodgers suffered. There's an update on that. He's hopefully trying to get back by playoffs. If the Jets make it to the playoffs, he is hoping to get back and be in, in physical condition to play through the playoffs in January. So that's going to be a remarkable recovery, a remarkable comeback, and certainly in nomination for an ESPY right there for comeback player of the year and NFL player, comeback you know player of the year. So that's you know, would be an amazing and uh, miraculous turnaround if that were to happen. But we got to see what the Jets do, and we got to see how well the recovery goes for Aaron Rodgers. But see, injuries like that, right? Um, injuries like that. Injuries like the Joe Burrow retweeting his calf. Nick Chubb losing for the season. Shaq Thompson for the pair. Uh, the he you know has a broken fibula, and he's had he just had surgery on that. Prayers and thoughts go out to him and for a speedy recovery. Panthers linebacker Shaq Thompson. Um, a lot of injuries, uh, and we're going to mention one in, in a minute. It's just right now, a lot of injuries are happening. Uh, we, I don't know what's going on. Uh, my honest guess, and my, my just opinion, would be to honestly limit days for you know training camp, limit days for game, uh, you know for uh, limit days for preseason games, and you know not have just have a little bit more rest and more time off because these injuries are. Or something else, you know, it's piling up. You have a lot of training camp days, a four-week preseason now, not three weeks, four weeks, as well as 18-week season. So that's going to be tough for a lot of people. And for some, and for you know, 16 teams playoff, right? For an NFL playoff heading to a Super Bowl in February. So, I mean, there's a lot, you know, it's a lot to you know to do and a lot to manage, you know, to keep your body healthy. So it's one of those things where you got to get healthy and you got to get right and ready for the season. So, I mean, I, I would suggest, and this is my opinion, limit the preseason games, limit the, you know, limit the training camp days and just, you know, see where that goes and let they let these guys get some rest because they're working hard to come back on the field. And now they're injuring themselves, which, you know, prevents them from playing the game that they love. So, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to these players and, you know, hopefully they all make speedy recoveries. So let's recap week three. And let's talk about it for a second. Final score for last Thursday's game, Thursday Night Football on Prime. Al Michaels and Kirk Herfried on the call. Wonderful game, by the way. I watched it, and it, I said it was going to be close, and I was right, and the outcome was right. Final score, Eagles 34, Vikings 28. Jalen Hurts 18 for 23 with 193 yards and a touchdown with one interception. But the player, the, the main two players of this game, you know, Jalen Hurts played lights out, but the, the talent around him is what helped them win this game. Devontae Smith. His Alabama teammate, four receptions with 131 yards and one touchdown. Oh, and DeAndre Swift, uh, former Lions running back, former Georgia running back, and current Eagles running back now with the Eagles. So 28 carries with 175 yards and one touchdown for DeAndre Swift. No Kenneth Gainwell, no problem, right? The run game was solid with DeAndre Swift. He helped pick up what Kenneth Gainwell did not, you know, produce, and he picked up a lot of, you know, of the slack, right? So, uh, Eagles look good on offense. They looked rolling. They looked rolling on defense as well. Uh, and, and I, and I kind of predicted that, you know, uh, they're two and zero off to a good start. Uh, let's go with the Vikings here real quick. The Vikings looked good. The Vikings looked, you know, had showed some moments of where, okay, we can compete with a lot of these guys, but they just fell short. Uh, 
Let's go with Kirk Cousins, and this is the reason why. 31 for 44 with 364 yards and four touchdowns. Kirk Cousins, in a loss against the Eagles, balled out. He looked like one of the better quarterbacks and probably an elite quarterback in the league so far. Kirk Cousins is having a good year starting out. He's playing lights out, and he is trying to make every moment count up in Minnesota. Justin Jefferson, 11 receptions with 159 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, Jordan Addison, the rookie wide receiver, three receptions with 72 yards and one touchdown. K.J. Osborne, three receptions with 34 yards and one touchdown. And their newly found tight end from Detroit, T.J. Hawkinson, seven receptions with 66 yards and two touchdowns for the stout tight end, Hawkinson. So, the Vikings look good. They look like they can win. They can win some football games, and I'm not really worried about the Vikings. I think uh, Sunday is a very winnable game, and here on out, they look like they can win some ball games. So they had a tough two breaks, uh, tough first two weeks, but I think they can, with the schedule that they got current up, coming up, they can turn that around and win some football games. So I'm not really worried about the Vikings at all. I think they showed some promise and heart, and they played lights out along with Kirk Cousins leading that offense and taking control of that offense. He looked good, and it's just they ran into a talented team that's probably still the best in the conference in the Philadelphia Eagles. So final score there, 34-28. Eagles route the Vikings. Vikings, they still got it. The Vikings still got it. You know, it's only week three. They're going to come out. They're going to come out swinging. The Eagles are going to look to keep the ball rolling. So moving on, let's go with the Ravens and the Bengals. Uh, Tough break there. Let me go on and tell you, tough break. Uh, The Bengals look like a team that uh, are trying to get, you know, things rolling. Uh, I thought it was going to be it. I was wrong. Final score, Ravens 27, Bengals 24. Lamar Jackson, 24 for 33 with 237 yards and two touchdowns. He also had 12 carries with 54 yards. Uh, the running game with Gus Edwards was solid. He was a, He's a good backup option for J.K. Dobbins, now out with a torn Achilles, another injury. So uh, prayers for him and speedy recovery for him as well. So 10 carries, 62 yards, and one touchdown for Gus Edwards. Uh, Nelson Aguilar had five receptions with 63 yards and one touchdown. And Mark Andrews had five receptions with a with 45 yards and one touchdown as he returns from a week one injury. So the Ravens look solid, 2-0. They look like they are the front runners in the North right now. They look like they're developed. they developing a rhythm on offense, and they look good uh, on the ground. Uh, a little bit more on the pass. They probably need to develop a little bit more in the throwing game, but that's fine, right? That is that is A-OK. As Lamar Jackson keeps on finding his rhythm and keeps on going, I'm pretty sure Ravens can develop a, a, a pretty lethal passing game soon. Uh, the Ravens look hot. They look solid. And they look like they can move the ball on just about anyone. So the Ravens look good. And they look like the clear-cut leaders of the North currently. 0-2 to start the season for Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Joe Burrow played a better game this time, but it wasn't enough to get the win. 27-41 with 222 yards with two touchdowns and an interception. He only had had five yards rushing. T. Higgins, his guy all day, was eight receptions with 89 yards and two touchdowns. His number one, Jamar Chase, five receptions with 31 yards. The Bengals, the Bengals are kind of struggling a little bit, and it's, and it's clear to see that they are. Uh, they look like a team that is, you know, trying to find their foot in. They're trying to find, you know, what to do, right? Um, they, okay, they lost a game against the Browns. They didn't play well, and they didn't score a whole lot. They only scored three points. They scored points here, and they looked like they can find a rhythm, but it was not enough to beat the Ravens. That's two 
losses, and that's two key losses because that's division games. Those are division games and conference games. So tough break for the Bengals starting 0-2. They're at the bottom of their division, right? They're at the bottom of the division right now. One, one and especially to, to, because they, they're the back-to-back AFC Championship Conference appearances and back-to-back AFC North champions. That's so shocking to me because they're back-to-back division champions and they're starting the season 0-2. So it's kind of kind of weird to see that. It looks like they don't have an, an some umph to them, right? They need something to get them going and to motivate them. And the Bengals just don't have that right now. And I don't know what they need to find and what motivation they need to find to get that, but but they're going to have to find it quick as these games are going to get a lot tougher throughout the rest of the next 16 weeks. So um, as for the Ravens, they need to keep doing what they're doing. They're leading the pack right now. They look like a team that can, like I said, run through anybody. And their defense is very underrated, very stout and underrated defense by the Baltimore Ravens. They look good. Joe Burrow and the Bengals have to find their way soon or these losses are going to keep adding up and it's not looking good for Cincinnati Bengals start now. But let's see if they find their way. It's only week three or going into week three. So final score, Ravens 27, Bengals 24. Two more games to conclude. You know, the, the recap, Cowboys 30, Jets 10. Uh, I thought the Cowboys were going to win close, but I was wrong. It was a 20-point game. 20-point game for the Cowboys. Good win for them. Dak Prescott, 31 for 38 with 255 yards and two touchdowns, six carries with 14 yards. Tony Pollard put a big factor in this on the ground, 25 carries with 72 yards. CeeDee Lamb, 11 receptions with 143 yards. Uh, let's go with the Jets really quick. I mean, Zach Wilson, 12 for 27 with 170 yards, one touchdown and three interceptions, five carries with 36 yards on, on the ground as well. Garrett Wilson had two receptions with 83 yards and one touchdown. So the three interceptions came from the Cowboys defense. And let's talk about the Cowboys for a second. They're still finding they, they have, they had a better rhythm this week on offense. They did. Uh, the Jets kind of didn't know what to do with them. They lined C.D. Lamb up against, you know, anybody else but Sauce Gardner. They lined C.D. Lamb up against Sauce Gardner once, and Sauce Gardner defended it. That's how elite Sauce Gardner is. So Sauce Gardner is y'all's guy on the defense in the secondary. He is a absolute monster and animal for y'all's defense. But they lined C.D. Lamb up anywhere not near Sauce Gardner. And Ahmad Sauce Gardner, you know, you know, couldn't get a hold of C.D. Lamb because he wasn't covering him. C.D. Lamb had 143 yards and 11 receptions because Gardner was not on him. Lamb was it's a good receiver, but you know if you would have put Gardner on him a lot more, it may have been lowered. So lucky for Lamb, he got all those yards. Uh, and you know Dak Prescott, solid. He he was solid in the air. He looked. He looked a little bit better, and he looked like he had a rhythm and, you know, a little bit more control of that offense, right, for the Cowboys. But that defense is still the reason behind this Dallas team looking the way they're looking. I mean, Cowboys defense, they forced four takeaways and three sacks. In the past two weeks, they have a total of 10 sacks and seven takeaways. Think about that. Ten sacks and seven takeaways, and we're entering week three. Can they stake their claim as the best defense in the league? Of course they can, because look at the numbers. They got the numbers to back it up, and the way they play, they look like they are the, the top defense in the National Football League currently. Micah Parsons, animal. DeMarcus Ware, animal. I mean, a lot of these guys, man. It's Tra uh, Trayvon Diggs, animal. Cowboys defense looks solid, and I'm excited to see how they keep playing. I mean, 
10 sacks total, seven takeaways total so far in the first two weeks, and we're only entering week three. They stake their claim currently as the best defense in the league. What does this mean for the Jets? Now, the Jets, one loss. It was tough. Um, like I said, you know, force Zach Wilson to make those turnovers and mistakes, and they did. That's the key to the game for them to win, and the Cowboys won it off that. The Jets, uh, they just got to go back to the drawing board and see what they have to do. They have a top key division game this Sunday um, against the Pats. Um, it's going to be one of those things where they're going to have to come to play, and it's going to be close. I mean, it's a home game for the Jets, which is which is good. Home game for the Jets, but it's going to be one of those things where they got to find a, a rhythm. The Pats still look good, even though you know they suffered a uh, a loss to the Dolphins, which we're about to get to here in a minute. Spoiler alert! But uh, yeah, they they looked they looked good. So I would tread lightly against the Pats. Uh, you don't want to start out the season one and two uh, after all that's been going on currently in the locker room for the Jets. So Jets going back to the drawing board. Final score, 30-10. Cowboys route the Jets in a 20-point win. Uh, and Dallas looks good on defense. Stake your claim as the best teams in the league. The Jets have to go back to the drawing board in order to find the get back on track against the New England Patriots coming up Sunday. So last game before we start picking and previewing some games, Final score, Dolphins 24, Patriots 17, close game. And I said it was going to be a close game here in Sunday Night Football. Tua Tungavailoa for the Dolphins, 20 for 30 with uh, 249 yards and one touchdown with one interception. He had four carries with three yards on the ground. Uh, the receivers, Jalen Waddle, four receptions with 86 yards. Tyreek Hill, five receptions with 40 yards and with a touchdown. The ground game was the, the key ingredient in this win. That's why the offense is so electric. Raheem Mostert was leading all charge on the ground. 18 carries with 121 yards and two touchdowns. Amazing, right? They look solid uh, on the ground. Raheem Mostert had a perfect game plan. The Dolphins had one takeaway on defense as well. They look solid on defense. Uh, Xavier Howard getting a pick and a turnover uh, that Matt Jones threw. So leading into the Patriots now, right? Matt Jones, 31 for 42 with 231 yards and one touchdown with that one interception I was telling you about from defensive back Xavier Howard for the Dolphins. Ramondre Stevenson had 15 carries with 50 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Hunter Henry, six receptions with 52 yards and one touchdown. And on defense, Christian Gonzalez, the rookie defensive back out of Oregon, six tackles and one interception. Christian Gonzalez, a savage, right? He is a monster. Uh, he played lights out against the Dolphins, and he played good, and no, there was no reason and no, no wonder why Bill Belichick drafted him in the draft in the first round. So uh, the Pats look good. The whole, the whole thing is they lost this game, and what I found interesting is they lost this game off of a fourth and short lateral pass. Joe or just inches away in a game-tying drive and they were short. They were stopped short, inches away from that first down marker, and they did not get it, and the Dolphins won the game that way. Tough way to lose, too. Tough way to lose, and it was at home. Um, the Pats look solid. They look good. They're 0-2 right now, and it may not look like they're solid, but they are. They're a solid football team, and they're going to get right, I think. They're going to get right, and it could start Sunday against a crucial division game against the Jets, right? You don't want to fall into 0-2 in divisional divisional action. So uh, it's it, let's just see how it goes. Uh, the Pats look like a team that could probably, you know, 
do good on the remainder of their schedule. There's bright spots in this schedule that could potentially lead into the playoff. They're much better this year. But the Dolphins, the Dolphins just look solid. They look like the better team out of the two. That offense, probably one of the best offenses in the NFL, if not the best offense in the NFL so far. Tua looking like a man possessed. He is going off through the air. Raheem Mostert picking up uh, sort of the running, the running, you know, the running attack and the rushing attack, and he's proven to be a solid adversary in the ground game. Uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I mean, I mean, obviously, who's going to try to guard those guys, right? The offense looks like it's clicking on all cylinders, and they look good. They have an up-tempo offense, and Mike McDaniel, solid coach. I believe that the Dolphins are one of a team that you do not want to overlook. You do not need to underestimate these this team. They're two and zero. They're white hot right now on offense, and they look like they have one of the best attacks and offensive attacks in the league and game plans in the league. So I would watch out anybody who plays Miami. Watch out because they are putting people on notice early on this year. Final score, Dolphins 24, Patriots 17. Dolphins looking good. They look really good. Patriots still look good. They just have to find that rhythm and find that ump in order to win out those games. And I believe they will because I think they are way better than they were last year, especially under new offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien. So, Final score, 24-17. Dolphins beat the Patriots in a close one. That was our week three recap. And now we're going to move on to week four. I'm sorry, week two recap. And we're going to move on to our week three preview and predictions for the NFL. I was starting to sound like this was college. Uh, we already did week four predictions on Tuesday's episode. Go and rewatch that episode. So week three NFL action, preview and predictions, Thursday night football, Giants at 49ers, and we're going to do this to conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. Giants at 49ers, Thursday night on Prime. Uh, the keys to this one, who, fill, who fills in for Saquon Barkley? Uh, that's another injury. Saquon Barkley is out for at least three weeks after injuring his ankle with an ankle sprain uh, at the end of the Arizona Cardinals comeback win, electrifying win for the Giants, by the way, and it was a must-needed win for them. So who fills in for Saquon in the ground game? That's one. Uh, Saquon being hurt, prayers and thoughts go out to him as he recovers for this tough break as he loses Saquon Barkley because it's no need for it. You do not need to... It's, it's early on, too. That's what's so hard about this. You lose players like Saquon due to an injury early on and that's you know it's not it's not what anybody asked for so uh who fills in for Saquon that is the main another that's one key another key is for Daniel Jones he's got to be more efficient in decision making so you know to to win these games uh I think his decision making was a little bit questionable in the Cardinals in the first half then he found his groove and found some some technique there with his increased decision making there at the second half of the game and that's what led him to a comeback win uh Daniel Jones needs to make a decision making effective decision making across the board, the whole game. So I believe that's one. Number two, and this is for the Cardinals, apply pressure to Daniel Jones to cause those mistakes. So a call, call, make him make him make mistakes. Make him make those throws he was making in the first half against an Arizona Cardinals team. This defense is much different. This is a different NFC West team than you're facing last week, than you faced last week. You're facing a 49ers defense who was one of the best in the NFL. You got Nick Bosa on the end, and if and uh, Fred Warner up in the middle. If I, me personally, 
if I'm Nick Bosa, I am rushing Daniel Jones, and I am causing him to make those mistakes that he did against the Cowboys and make those mistakes that he did in the first half against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, who do I have winning this ball game? I have the 49ers beating the Giants. I think the, the 49ers are going to improve and move on and win this game. Uh, Giants uh, going to fall a little bit short, 1-2. and two. 49ers are going to move on and you know, still be undefeated, 3-0. and uh, They look good. They look good the first two weeks. I think they have a, a claim as being the second-best team in the NFC behind uh, the Eagles. So 49ers and the Cowboys even, and, and the Cowboys. So 49ers defeat the Giants by a score of 35-21. I will say, I say 35-21, uh, 49ers defeat the Giants, and uh, it is a much impressive defensive effort on the 49ers end, and the Giants go back to the drawing board for week four when they return home. So 49ers beat the Giants. Next game up, Saints at Packers. Uh, this is a good game. Saints are 2-0, and but it's behind good defensive play. You know, it's behind good defensive play. And for week one, Derek Carr played lights out. Week two? Uh, he didn't play. He played kind of hot and cold, like I was telling you about that he did against the Las Vegas Raiders early, you know, before the season started. So, keys to the game. Derek Carr's got to find consistency on the offense and make good decision-making. And the Saints' defense has to keep playing the way they're playing, right? And it's a little of both. they got to keep playing the way they're playing, and Derek Carr has to find some sort of consistency so where he doesn't have to be hot and cold. To win this ball, you know, to win the ball game. That's the only way the Saints are going to improve to three and zero and kind of tighten their grip, you know, uh, in the NFC South and potentially in the NFC early on. Uh, the Packers, the key for them, solid quarterback play from Jordan Love. Uh, play like he did against the Bears. If he plays like he did against the Chicago Bears in Week One, the Packers will be fine. He played good against the Falcons. It's just the Falcons ended up playing a little bit better to pull out the two the surprising upset win 2-0 for the Falcons. So solid quarterback play from Jordan Love. And if they do that and it kind of throws the Saints defense off their heels, it looks like the, the Jordan Love can be, you know, a factor, right, for this game. Who do I have winning this ball game? I have the Saints winning this ball game. I think it's going to be close. I think the Saints are going to win. It's going to be close. Jordan Love's going to play good, but I think the defense is just too good right now. And uh, you can one could argue that they're you know atop the list with the with the Dallas Cowboys as a defensive best defense defense contender uh, currently. Uh, even though I think the Cowboys edge it a little bit on paper, but the Saints keep playing defense. They find a way to do it. They kind of throw Jordan Love off balance a little bit at the end. It's a close game. I'll go with a twenty eight. 21 score. 28 Saints, 21 Packers. Final score there, and the Saints improve to 3-0, and and the Packers go to 1-2 and on the year, despite Jordan Love playing pretty good football in this game. So, two more games before we conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. Bills at Commanders. Solid and underrated game coming up Sunday in Washington. Uh, the keys to this one. Um, and in Washington, it's been surprising a lot of people. They dominated in a good performance against Denver Broncos. The Bills bounced back from their loss against the Jets and dominated the Las Vegas Raiders. They looked like the Buffalo Bills were used to seeing. So this is going to be a solid and underrated game Sunday afternoon, uh, 1 o'clock Eastern. Washington, this is a key for them. Must block for Sam Howell. Protect him at all costs up front. And let Sam Howell make the plays, right? That is the best way to put it for that for the quarterback, right? Sam Howell making the plays. Okay, 
That's the that's the only key I got for Washington. Uh, making the plays, doing you know dynamic work through the air, and he keeps doing the way he's doing. Kind of how he played against the the Denver Broncos. That offense is going to click, and they could probably win that ball game. Bills key. Josh Allen plays like the elite quarterback that we all know he is, right? He plays how he did against Las Vegas. He plays how he did against tough moments against the Kansas City Chiefs last season and beats them, right? Josh Allen plays like Josh Allen and how we know he is. He's a solid player. He's a good player, and we know that he's an MVP candidate at heart, right? So Josh Allen plays like he does, and they could potentially beat the Commanders. Who do I have winning this ball game? Close football game. Close game. I have the Bills beating the Commanders. It's a close game. I think the Commanders and Eric Benimi on offense are solid so far, but I think the Bills edge the Commanders close. Bills beat the Commanders by a score of 38-31. High-scoring affair, Bills 38, Commanders 31. Touchdown score, and Josh Allen edges them and plays like how he did against Las Vegas, but the Commanders keep it close and lose a close game to the Bills. So Bills 38, Commanders 31, final score there. Last game before we conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy, Eagles at Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. 3-0, or I'm sorry, 2-0 and 2-0. Buccaneers playing solid, surprisingly, to start the season with Baker Mayfield leading the charge, playing well. Um, and that defense looks very underrated, uh, surprising a lot, surprising two teams early. The Bucks playing some good ball so far to start the season. As always, Philadelphia Eagles playing nothing more than what we expected you know, pretty pretty solid and amazing football uh, all around. So this game could be a, honestly, could be one of the best games all week between the Eagles and the Buccaneers. It's in Tampa, NFC Conference game. Uh, key for the Eagles, keep establishing the running game with DeAndre Swift, Kenneth Gainwell, and others. I think the running game is important for your playbook. Keep running the rock because it's working. I mean, pick, picking up yards on the ground is helping this team, you know, win and they they helped it was a key component to that win against the Minnesota Vikings. So keep establishing the run game and keep plugging in and keep running the rock if you're the Eagles. And for the Buccaneers, simple. The D line. I think the D line is the central point in this game and the, but the Buccaneers on the D line beats the Eagles and wins in the trenches. They have a huge asset right now there and have a and that's a key component to winning this ball game. They win in the trenches. Those are my two keys. And who do I got winning this ball game? I had the Eagles winning close. I had the Eagles improving to 3-0. I think it's going to be, all these games are pretty close. I think the Buccaneers and the Eagles will be no exception. Eagles win 35-28. to 35-28. Similar score to the Vikings and Eagles score from last Thursday. Eagles 35, Buccaneers 28. Buccaneers fall to 2-1. Eagles improve to 3-0. Close game and strong effort by the D-line and Baker Mayfield. But the Eagles edge them close with a go-ahead touchdown from Jalen Hurts. So, Eagles 35, Buccaneers 28, and they improved 3-0 while the Buccaneers fall to 2-1. and That just about does it for Pigskin Frenzy today. A big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like each episode, and leave comments down below. Spotify and Podbean, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. We have 
X, Facebook, and Instagram. All you got to do is type in Pigskin Frenzy, follow and like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news, highlights, and uh, news and highlights from across college and NFL football. Answer today's trivia question on Instagram stories, as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. That just about does it. Uh, again, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday. Tuesday, we'll be back to recap week four of college football and pick and, pick and preview the top games for week five in college football. So enjoy football this weekend. I'm Joel Norris signing off, and we'll see you Tuesday for another edition of Pigskin Frenzy. And for everybody out there, stay the course.